when I was uh, in the seminary, uh, this was my, my final year in the seminary, um, we had this, uh, these couple of days we were all sent out on this particular assignments. It was all, they wanted us to have experience. Faculty did with uh, kind of like hospital ministry, nursing homes, all kind of healthcare facilities where you'd be able to have kind of like a pastoral presence. So they divided the house up, the seminary community, and we went out in pairs to these places, some guys' hospitals, some uh, nursing homes, some uh, hospice centers, people who were in the final stage of life, you know, cancer and so on. Anyway, we, uh, we were going to do that, for, I think it was three days. We'd go and visit these places, meet with the staff. Um, anyway, I, I was assigned with a, another seminarian who was a couple of years behind me, and uh, we didn't really like each other uh, at all. Uh, we had a couple of, couple, of, couple of run-ins over the course of about a year and a half. Uh, one year we lived on the same hallway, and clashed a couple of times and <laughs> we were playing volleyball with them one night and almost got in a fight with them playing volleyball. It was just whatever. We just didn't really get along. Anyway, he and I got assigned together uh, and he didn't have a car, which meant I was going to have to drive with him out to Stony Brook uh, for the next two and a half or three days. And we just absolutely spent time together. Now, this was a guy that you know, we both intentionally kind of avoided each other prior to this, and now we were forced to be together, and I was just really dreading it. Um, so I went over to one of the priests on faculty, the guy who was kind of assigning all this, and I just said, hey, can, you, can we switch this up? Let me just go. I'll go to Winthrop Hospital. I'll go wherever, basically. Just I don't, I don't want to go with him. And this priest knew it. He knew that you know, we sort of had issues with each other, and uh, he was kind of looking at the, the forms, and he was, you know, trying to look like, accommodate my request if he could. And then he, uh, yeah, I remember he kind of like put, the, put the, the, the list down and he just said to me, O'Brien, if we're going to preach sacrifice, like we got to try and live it, right? <laughs> and I just looked at him and I was like, yeah, okay, I guess so. <laughs> like, I, I guess you're right. So... I knew at that point, like, there's no way I was going to get out of this situation. And I knew I was going to have to meet up with the guy, and, and I did. Um, and you know what? It ended up being actually a good experience. Um, you know, being forced to spend time together. I, get, I take no credit for this because I was mandated, but, you know, we did kind of get to know each other. Um, driving for 40 minutes in the car couple of days in a row and then having lunch together during the day like I learned a little bit more about him and I think he learned about me and yeah like after the three days things were better I mean we, we never became best friends by any means but we definitely things got better and I was always just thinking about the words of that priest about sacrifice like sacrifice is really important you know pretty much within most of us uh, like we, we avoid it we try to not encounter moments of sacrifice, kind of for obvious reasons. They're not easy, they're not pleasant, they're not comfortable. But like, it's crazy, like when we do, it really always turns out for the better. 
I think minimally, personally, if you made the effort, you know you're in a better place than you were before. Like, but there's just something within us which is like anti-sacrifice. And, I, and I'm just saying, I think on this day, in this week coming, this coming Friday, these are like big sacrifice days when I think we should take at least some time and ask ourselves, like, how am I with sacrifice? I was reading this story, this is, I guess, about a month ago now, about Ukraine, the war. There was this uh, Marine, Ukrainian Marine, who was also an engineer, and he volunteered for this mission. Very dangerous. He had to go into this city, which was right on the Ukraine-Crimea border, Russian-occupied Crimea, lots of tanks, and they were heading toward this city. But the only way to get into the city was to cross this bridge. So the mission was to blow up the bridge. If we can blow the bridge, then these tanks are not going to get through, and it'll, it'll save the city. So this guy has to go. The clock is ticking. He's got to go and uh, mine, wire this bridge. Uh, and he does, or he begins to. But they realized after a short while that they had uh, miscalculated the timing. Um, these tanks were coming sooner and faster than they had thought. And this whole process of bombing or mining the bridge was taking longer than they anticipated. So they're in this sort of a critical moment, like, what do we do here? If he completes the, the wiring of the bridge, he's not going to have time to escape. The bridge will blow, but he won't make it out. If he leaves, not completing the wiring of this bridge, the Russians are going to take the city because the tanks will make it over the bridge. So what do you do? Anyway, he called. I think they both realized this, both this, the guy, the Marine, and his superiors, kind of at the same time, that this was not going to work. So he radioed them or contacted them, and he explained the situation. And then he said, uh, there's audio of this. I mean, it's in Ukrainian, but he said, uh, I'm going to finish the bridge. I'm going to wire the bridge. And then there's this long pause because they both know what that means. Like, he's not going to make it. He's not going to be able to blow up this bridge and preserve his own life. And he didn't. He completed the wiring of the bridge, and then he detonated it himself. Blew up the bridge, but he also lost his life. But saved lives. These tanks did not get into the city and allowed innocent civilians to ultimately get out of the city. That wouldn't have happened had these tanks crossed the bridge. So he lost his life. Saved a bunch of lives. Ah, it's like there's sacrifice and then there's sacrifice, right? 
know, this gospel, or the gospel that I read at the beginning of Mass, that was from Luke's gospel. And there's three versions of the same story. It's Jesus coming into Jerusalem for the final time. And he comes in as sort of this king. The crowds are cheering. And that appears in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But it's interesting. Tonight we read Luke's version of it. And there's one piece in it that's different from the other two. The stories are essentially the same. But there's an interesting piece that's different with this one. It's Palm Sunday. You know what doesn't appear in the gospel tonight? Palms. The people don't wave palms. Palms palms aren't mentioned in that gospel that I read a couple of minutes ago. Matthew and Mark, they do. As Jesus comes in, they're waving these palms. It's like they're celebrating a king. It's like a ticker tape kind of a thing, confetti. But there's no palms in this one. But what it says the people do is they take their coats off and they lay them on the road for Jesus to cross, almost like like a red carpet for somebody important. You know, Luke's gospel, he's always talking about the poor. The poor, like, play an important, uniquely important role. Jesus, Jesus in Luke's gospel is often reaching out to poor people more than in Matthew and and Mark. Well, you know what they say this whole deal with the coats was? These people were crazy poor. They had nothing. Like, poorer than really anything we can imagine. And in many cases, the only thing they really had were these coats. That's all they owned. And they gave it up. They gave it up for Jesus. The one thing that they had, their one piece of security, they surrendered it for somebody else. Kind of like that Ukrainian Marine. So I'll ask you again, like, what's your relationship with sacrifice like? Like if sacrifice was a person almost, would you be like, yeah, I, I know that person pretty well. We spend time together. Or not. Like, eh, you know, I know of him, but I don't really, I don't know him personally. I try to avoid him. Sort of the way I try to avoid the guy in the seminary. But then when I was forced to confront it, it ended right. It ended well. It always does. That's what sacrifice leads us to. And like there's this thing within us that wants to run from it. We want to avoid it almost at all cost. Think about the times in your life when you didn't. When you really did, like, like you took one for the team. And you have no regrets. Like, you do it again in a heartbeat. I mean, tonight, let's think about it. The people in our lives. It's certainly family, right? Maybe the people that I, I could be doing more for. I should be doing more for. You know, I could surrender a little bit of comfort, a little bit of personal time, a little bit of leisure. Surrender that and give to this person or these people. I mean, this week, let's think about that. 
Let's conclude this week and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually in a better place than I was on Sunday. People in the community, in the neighborhood, I mean, everybody's got somebody on their block who's alone, maybe lives alone, maybe elderly, doesn't seem to ever get visitors, either doesn't have family or has family that sort of abandoned them, whatever the reason, we don't even know. But we know they're alone a lot, more than they should be. I drive past the house, I see him or her, I wave to them, but that's about it. I don't know, is there, is there something more that could be done? Can I sacrifice something for him or her? I think of the church. The sacrifice we make or not for our church, for our parishes. You know, on, on Monday mornings, we have three groups of people that meet next door in the rectory and they count the collection from the weekend before. So the three parishes, they're in three different rooms, three different tables, and they're just counting the money that came in for the weekend. So I'm usually around on a Monday morning. I'm usually walking by, heading somewhere. But a couple of weeks ago, I walked by, and this happened to me before, but it really struck me again. Like I looked at, there was a pile of money on the table. I couldn't believe the number of $1 bills, though. I was like... So many $1 bills. I was like just thinking to myself, like, do you pay a dollar for anything anymore? <laughs> like, what can you get for a buck? And I'm thinking of people who are, like, throwing $1 in the basket. I'm thinking, like, really? Like, could there be a little bit more of a spirit of sacrifice? And, hey, I, I know this. I know some people give online. So because of that, well, they give it online. So they'll throw a dollar in just as kind of a gesture. I get it. Thank you. And I know that always there will be people who just, they're going through a very tight time, a very tough time, and they can't. And they shouldn't. Like, don't, don't put anything in. No kidding. I'm not talking about either of those people. I'm just talking about the person who's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a dollar. I'll take two dollars out, and I'll just kind of throw them in the basket. Like, Sacrifice, you know, the things we'll sacrifice for and the things we won't. So maybe just one more time, let's spend some time these next couple of days, like befriend sacrifice. Introduce or reintroduce yourself to sacrifice. It'll end well.